Welcome back for another episode of Blessed Is She That Believe. We're in season one. This is episode five. My name is Stephanie Cooper, and I am the author and CEO of Blessed Is She That Believe. Now, um, I titled this episode A Dream Deferred, and this is going to be my first live stream episode that should be posting to YouTube, Facebook, and some Instagram reels or however I listen, y'all. This is my first time doing this. I've repeatedly said that I don't know what's going on. God has me in a chokehold right now. So I'm just going to roll with it. And I hope I don't forget that I'm on live stream. Okay. (laughs) Hi to all my family and friends. I hope I don't embarrass y'all too much. So let's just kick this off with some prayer because I'm going to need it. (laughs) Um. Everyone, just wherever you are, I hope you have a minute to just stop and just thank the Lord for this day that he has made and just get your mind and hearts focused on what he has called you to do for this week. And I just thank you for Heavenly Father for everything that you're doing for us. Thank you for keeping us even, Father God, when we were in our sin. I thank you right now, Father God, for sending your son Jesus to save us from ourselves, Father. Thank you for watching over us throughout our days. Even when we don't even thank you, we want to just stop right now and say thank you. Thank you for this podcast. Thank you for those who are listening and watching. Just thank you, Father God, for their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I hope you had a wonderful Monday. And if you haven't caught the last couple of episodes of Blessed Is She That Believe, I highly suggest you do so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really want y'all to go listen because, like I said, this is my first time and I'm going to keep saying that throughout the whole first season. This is my first time doing this. Yes, because it's a constant reminder to me of how my plans are not my own and how my steps are ordered by the Lord and how when I pray those things like, Lord, please order my steps. I don't know where I'm going to be stepping into. So I hope that resonates with some of you as well. Let's get started because this is a doozy. I'm actually going to share um, some of my testimony that a lot of you have never heard before. So yeah, all of the gossiping hens are probably on here like, oh, I can't wait. They're probably jotting some notes down. Y'all go do something safe. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) go pray. (laughs) So last week, my class uh, read the poem Harlem by Langston Hughes. I absolutely love this poem. Um, I feel like Mr. Hughes may have been walking around Harlem and watching people go about their daily tasks in life. I believe he may have looked them in the eyes as he passed by them. And like, what did he see exactly? He may have seen the hopes and dreams of some. And the hope is that moving to another city will bring good fortune to them and opportunities for their family. Uh, Maybe it was the dreams that they were told to them by their family members who worked in the fields until their hands were bloody and their backs felt like lead. Or whatever he saw in their eyes prompted him to write this poem about the loss of hope. It could have been his own life, you know? You just never know um, unless you sit and talk with the writer. So what happens to a dream deferred? What happens when the dreams the Lord has shown to you are not unfolding the way you think it's supposed to go? Do dreams dry out like raisins in the sun? Or do they fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat? Or does it crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load or does it explode? So we're going to talk about that tonight um, or today, wherever you are. We're going to talk about what happens when your dreams seem to be 
on hold, when they seem to be on pause, when you've been waiting and waiting and waiting patiently, or so you think it's patiently like I do. I think I'm waiting patiently, but in actuality, I'm faking myself out, but the Lord knows my heart. So what happens when it seems like your dream does not go out the way you planned it to? (sighs) I believe that the Lord puts dreams in us with the ambition to pursue those dreams. However, I believe he does this for two reasons. One, so we can be driven towards his purpose for our lives. And two, so we can give those dreams to him. And in turn, he directs our path according to his will for our lives. Like in Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he shall direct your paths. Or direct your path. According to Kate Patterson, she says, A dream without a plan is just a wish. Do you plan your dreams out? Like, I know for me, I actually wrote down my goals. I wrote down my goals, I think, when I was in high school. I have two lists. One list, I was able to check everything off. The other list is um, needing some help. Stuff got scratched out because it may have been accomplished or things were, you know, put next to a question mark. But I still have a list. But I never actually planned how to accomplish those things. I just like, okay, they told us to write down goals. So here it is. Here's my goals. Well, as an educator, we're um, mandated to have learning targets and success criteria. Learning targets are your goals, per se, for each day. What are your goals that you're going to teach the students? What are the students um, supposed to learn for that day? Not like a lesson plan, but... It's like you take the standards and you make those standards attainable goals for the students. Success criteria, however, are the steps to getting to those goals. So you have goals, but then you have steps. So basically long-term goals and short-term goals. Your short-term goals eventually meet your long-term goals. And I never wrote down the steps to accomplish each one of those goals. Now, I did go back to school to get my specialist degree, but it's not in what I wanted to go and get it in. However, with that specialist degree, it is in media and technology. So it kind of works out. However, that was not what I wrote down on my paper. (laughs) And to be honest, um, If we look in Psalm 37 and 4, it says for us to delight ourselves also in the Lord and he will give us the desires of our heart. And I want to stop and say a lot of people will quote half of a scripture and they won't quote the rest of it because it says it doesn't just say he will give us the desires of our heart. Yes. But what must we do first? Delight yourself also in the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do the first part before you get to the next part. And I really love that scripture because when I finally came into um, more of an understanding of it, I realized that when my desires align with the Lord's desires, then he gives me the desires of my heart because they're his desires for me. I know that sounds confusing, but let's take it step by step, shall we? The closer you get to the Lord... In your times of devotion, in the the hard times, 
where you can't even see him or hear him in your life, but he's there working behind the scenes. When you come out of that, you've gotten a little bit closer to him. When you are doing what you, when you're walking in obedience to him, because see, obedience is a big thing. Obedience is a real big thing. When you walk in obedience to him, you grow closer to him because obedience is better than sacrifice. All right. Now, when you walk in obedience to him and you're praying and you're communicating with him, you're talking to him, your desires slowly turn into what he desires for you. You, you tap into God's heart for you. And when you tap into God's heart for you, then what you desire is actually what he desires for you. That's how that works. But when you just quote half the scripture, you're missing the meat of it. See, the meal is delight yourself also in the Lord. The dessert is, and he will give you the desires of your heart. See, we want to cut out the meal and jump straight to dessert. Can't do that. You can't do, you can't do that. Mm-mm. I tried to do that a lot of times, but it, it never worked out for me. Okay, so um, before I jump into the scripture, I will say this. When I went off to school um, for my under, undergraduate degree, I, I attended uh, Armstrong Atlantic State University in Savannah. Whoop, whoop, go Pirates. Um, well, can't say go Pirates because anyway, that's a long story, but it's Armstrong forever. Okay, hashtag Armstrong forever. Anyway, um, I met a lot of my still friends, uh, my sorority sisters, um, real close friends, my roommates. Oh my goodness. Awesome. Amazing people. Met them at Armstrong and I had a plan for my life. I was dating someone at that time and I, uh, had already planned. I don't know if he had plans, but I had plans because my plans were already made. I already, let me tell y'all something. I was the girl who had the wedding um, invitation list, like the wedding invite list already made up when I was about 12 or 13. Yes, that is I. Tis I. Tis I. Okay. Um, I had the music I want played. You know, when I think about it, <laughs> like I had nothing else better to do, but to sit there and go, oh, I want this song. I want this song played at my wedding. I want this one. I always wrote those things down. I still have it on my computer. I may revisit it later after this podcast. I may revisit it later. Anyway, <laughs> I had my dress picked out. Not when I was 12, but a little bit later. Um, I had my dress picked out. I knew what my bridesmaids were wearing. I had the whole wedding coordinated. I just needed a groom. I needed to have a good job to have this done. And da-da-da-da-da. And boom, it's done. Wedding plan. I don't need a wedding planner. Who needs a wedding planner? I already planned my wedding. Huh. I did it. I knew what kind of decorations I wanted. I had everything planned out. Mm-hmm. I'm not that type of person, but when it came to that wedding, I knew what I wanted. And so the guy I was dating in college... I just, you know, sometimes you got to look back and thank God for um, not allowing things to happen the way you wanted them to happen. You got to thank God for just not letting, you know, you buy that car, not letting you go on that trip, not letting you get that job. You got to thank God for the times you were disappointed because those disappointments are actually blessings because Lord have mercy. I thank God that we did not get married, you know, because let me tell you something. 
it would not have ended well for us. It would not have been well with us. Whoo, child. It was ghetto all up and through that relationship. Mm, 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 mm. So anyway, <laughs> he probably is listening. <laughs> you know it was wrong. You know we was jacked up back then in college talking about we wanted to get married at 22 and 24 years old. Get out of here. <laughs> Kids. Anyway, um, so needless to say, I was just like, okay, I got a boyfriend, so we're going to get married. Because this he was my first boyfriend ever. Never dated in high school. I was too busy. Too busy trying to get out of high school because I did not like high school at all. Sorry to the classmates, but I I didn't like high school. I didn't. Um, <laughs> I love college. I do college all over again. High school, no. You can't pay me to go back. So, anyway, um, I was like, okay, I got a boyfriend. I'm about to graduate from college. I was 22. Now, mind you... That's how you know the story's about to get good. So I had a list. My my plan for my life, listen to this plan, y'all. Y'all gonna laugh. I know y'all are going to laugh because y'all are probably already like, this girl crazy. Yeah, kind of, sort of. So the plan for my life was at 22, I was to graduate from college with a degree. I was going to get a job in my school system. I will move back home and get a job in my school system, being a high school English teacher at 22 years old. Mm. So <laughs> what kind of classroom management was I going to have? I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> so at 22, that's what I was going to do, okay? I was going to get married at 24 years old. I was going to start having children at 26 and be done having children by 30. I was going to have two children, a dog, or excuse me, I was going to have 2.5 children. Don't judge me about the 0.5. See, I told my students some of this. I told them about how I had a plan to have 2.5 kids. And they said, where's the 0.5 coming from? I said, I don't know. I just know that's always been said. 2.5, okay? Leave me alone. 2.5 kids, husband, 2.5 kids, a dog, a cat, and a fish with a white picket fence and a wraparound porch. That's what I wanted. And so I decided that's what I'm going to have because that's what I want. That's what I'm going to have. At graduation... Um, Armstrong graduation, May 9th, 2009. As I was sitting there listening to my parents say, if you're not first, you're last. Embarrassing me. Um, because people were like, whose parents are those? I don't know who those people are. I said, I I really sat there and said, I don't know who those people are, y'all. <laughs> I think I was the only black female graduating from the department's English um, department. Okay. The English department. Yeah. For graduation. And my parents, my mom is black and my stepfather's Puerto Rican. Okay, so yeah. It you know, no judgment. And they were sitting like right next to where my row was up in the stands. And um yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. Yeah. My parents, I love them. God bless them. All right. Been married for like over 20 years. God bless them. Anyway, I'm sitting there and I think to myself, my plan was to graduate at 22 and I'm graduating at 23. Something about this seems awry to me. I don't think this is going to go according to plan. And I was absolutely right about that. It didn't go according to plan. My boyfriend and I broke up later on. <laughs> Everything just, I didn't start teaching because I wasn't certified when I graduated. Um, it took me eight years to get certified because I have test anxiety. I do not like multiple choice tests. I hate them with a passion. And I do much better on essay tests. I mean, I'm an English major, so 
I like to write my answers out because I can write my answers out. And even if I don't know what I'm talking about, I can make it sound good because I, I took Latin for three years. So I can kind of figure out what the question is asking me by breaking down the words so I could put stuff together and make it sound really good. I mean, that's <laughs> I can do that. And, um, you know, that's a gift the Lord blessed me with. And so. I didn't realize that at the time. I'm just taking advantage of everything the Lord blessed me with at that age because I was young and I didn't know anything or as much as I thought I did because I didn't. And yeah, I we it was like everything that I, I wanted did not go according to plan. Y'all, I went through that whole time period of I'm 25 years old. I have no boyfriend. You know, I was in situationships, you know, just trying to find my way into this life i'm trying to you know i'm supposed to be an adult i'm going on social media and seeing people from school living their best good life and i'm like i'm stuck in my parents house uh what this is not supposed to be happening i ended up starting um a career in the education system here my local education system um I started a career as a substitute teacher, then moved to a long-term sub position in the special education classroom. And the following school year, 2010, I ended up getting a permanent position in the special education classroom as a paraprofessional um, instead of the long-term paraprofessional and um, long-term sub paraprofessional, excuse me. So then in 2013, oh wait, <laughs> Pause. So 2010, 2011, I was really struggling. I was like really negative. When I see my um, memories on Facebook, I skip over 2010 to 2013. Cause let me tell you something. That was that. Those years were brutal. Those are some brutal years. Cause you got to remember, we were going through a recession too. My stepfather has his own business, and so his business took a hit. Like it was, it was crazy. It was crazy and chaotic. Um. I was bitter, I was mad, I was angry, I was just upset because nothing was working the way I wanted it to go. And I had no clue that was the Lord trying to reel me in to get me to go his way. And I'm like, no, I can't believe this. Now, I was also the person who said after I graduated, I'm never going back to school. I hate school, don't make me go back. I couldn't even read the way I wanted to read because I had to read the study instead of reading for enjoyment. So. The girl who would stay up till three o'clock in the morning binge reading books. Oh, that girl was gone because that girl had to write a lot of papers to graduate. So it was like, I'm done with school. I'm never going back. Well, 2011, guess who re-enrolled in um, college for a master's degree? This girl here. Okay. Um, that was not part of my plan either, but I needed money. So I went back to school for a master's degree so I could have some money. Because I was, y'all, student loans are the devil. They are the devil. And I think it's a crime for people to expect 18-year-olds to understand what a student loan is and what a loan is if they've never had a credit card or never been taught how to use a credit card, if they've never been taught. Listen, loan counseling sessions are stupid because how do you expect me to get the full understanding of taking out a loan through a computer automated program that's not right i'm sorry it's not um i just want my loans forgiven though please forgive my loans okay someone please pay my loans off for me <laughs> so yeah I, I was like no let me go back to school so my loans can be deferred because i was i couldn't make it i just could not make it um 
So I went back to school, got my master's degree, graduated with my master's degree in 2013. There was a position open um, for a secretary in the front office of my alma mater uh, high school. And I I applied and I uh, got the position. And I worked in that position until 2015. 2015, uh, tax season, I got my taxes done. I had just enough money to go to Starbucks and get an iced coffee. That's how much money I got back after I had to pay. (sighs) Being single is overrated. (laughs) I'm sorry, it is. We get overcharged for stuff because we don't have children. We're not married. Like it's, It's like, why do we have whatever I'm not going down that rabbit hole because some of y'all probably like what you mean it's not anything directed toward you just chill okay so um yeah I was like oh I got enough to go get me an iced coffee from Starbucks hey and then I heard the Lord say you need to go take your certification test because I had been going back and forth with the certification test this test at that time cost $120 to take if I remember correctly, it was $120 every time to take this test. Y'all don't want to know how many times I took this test. Because test anxiety, okay? Now, when I would go show up to take the test, I'm looking at the, the future. You know what? I'm not even going to say that. I'm not even going to say I'm not going to say that. Let's just say that some of these people, I was like, hmm. Yeah. It was, I was, I was just, oh, I was so bitter during that time. So, mm -mm. but it was just hard. It was hard. And I didn't understand because I was never that person to have to do things more than once when it came to education. It's like, I got it the first time. Let's keep it moving. The only time I struggled with anything was science and math and I didn't really care for it. So I'm like, whatever, everything else. I'm like, why am I struggling? I never struggle in this. I never struggle. Why do I have to struggle? Why me? Why is this happening to me? Why, why, why? And to be honest, I think we all do that at some point in our life. I think when things don't go our way, the way we expected it to, we get very upset because we had a plan. But you got to remember who is the author and finisher of your faith. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Right. So let's see. I was like, this must be the devil because why would God want to take my money like this and throw it away? I'm y'all. This was the first, I want to say this is my first act of faith that I had. This was the first act of faith that I had. Um, and that I demonstrated because I went back and forth on that. So the Lord told me three times, take that money and pay for your test. I said, I don't even have a lot of money. What am I supposed to do? This is going to be extra money to pay a bill or two. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, take that money and pay for your test. I said, I don't think this is right. I feel like, and I heard the Holy Spirit say one last time, pay for your test. And it was the way it was said. I said, I'm not about to play with the Lord like this. I And I'm going to tell y'all right now, I wasn't even walking anything for the Lord. I, I went to church every Sunday. You know, um, y'all know church kids that grow up and do their own thing. That was me. Okay. That was me. I wasn't living nothing for the Lord. I really wasn't. And I think my pastor knew that 
I think he could see like this child ain't doing nothing. I'm I'm going to give her a responsibility here. This is your responsibility every Sunday. You do this. Put me in the sound and media um, ministry. I said, I can't even go out of town on the weekends. My friends in Savannah going to the club and stuff. I want to go to the club like I had money. I didn't have no money to go to the club. My friends traveling and everything. I could be traveling. I didn't have no money to travel. What was I talking about? Okay, so you see, the, you see this? And I really feel like my pastor saw that. And he was like, nah, I'm going to give her a ministry and she going to stay here and get this word. You going to get this word and you going to let this word take root in your heart and grow. And that's exactly what happened. Because over time, and I hated being in that ministry, y'all. I hated it. Because what y'all don't realize is every other ministry except, yeah, every other ministry has people back, back up, back up, back up. But let something happen to one of them sounding um, media people. Let something happen back there. You're not going to find too many people who know how to operate all of the equipment or who know how to set up stuff for marketing. Well, not, I don't want to say marketing because it's the church, but you know, like graphic design and stuff or announcements and things like that. And, um, get the mics just right for everybody. You're not going to find too many people who are gifted in that. And, that's the thing like it's almost like you have to grow you have to have a heart for it you have to grow into that position that's not just um something you just throw on people oh i need you to go run the um powerpoint for praise and worship i need you to go do easy worship for the scriptures and stuff like that's not something to be played around with because like my pastor taught me as i've been back there he said you know this ministry is a reflection of the pulpit they reflect one another. That's like one of the most powerful things he's told me um, while working back there. And he is a tech person. I call him tech man sometimes. Like he's the tech man. And um, <laughs> I wonder if he hears this, if he's going to laugh. He's probably going to drop his head and put his hand over his face. Like, what am I going to do with this girl? Lord, send her a husband. Please send her a husband. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's. And, and it's so true because if something's off back there, like if I come in and I ain't been praying and stuff like that, I guarantee you everything. And it's not because of me, but y'all have to understand, like I said before, we are spiritual beings having an earthly experience. It is so real back there. If I'm not praying, if I don't come in early enough and start praying over that um, ministry and stuff, things get off. I, it's awful. It is awful. So... Anyway, I was doing that and this was my big, my first big act of faith. And I had to take, I think I had maybe $130 back from taxes. Yeah, I had $130 back from taxes. Um, it wasn't a lot. Trust me. It wasn't a lot. And the test cost like $120. And so I said, okay. I got to take this money I had been planning to pay bills with and put gas in my car to take a test that I had failed multiple times. What kind of foolishness is this? I said, but I know I heard that voice three times and that third time ain't sound too nice either. So guess what I did? I applied for that test. I registered and I took that test um, that May. Now, June came and as a secretary in the front office, all the other secretaries get to go home. 
but I had to stay. I worked during the summer. I'm sitting there one day. <laughs> I was bored because there are no kids at the school. I'm just sitting there. I was teaching myself how to speak Spanish. <laughs> I literally sat there for like four hours one day. No phones rang. I had everything done. So I was teaching myself Spanish and it got to the point like when the phone finally did ring, I couldn't, I couldn't answer in English. It was, <laughs> it was like my, my brain was like, wait, whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> I was sitting there like, I was frozen. That was the coolest experience ever. And I can't wait until I have time like that again to just emerge myself because listen, my stepfather speaks Spanish. He's Puerto Rican. And I can pick things out because I've been around him long enough and because I took Latin. So when I hear a certain word, I'm like, okay, I know what that means. But for me to actually be able to speak Spanish and do it fluently, I'm going to surprise him one day. I'm going to be around him when he's talking to grandma. And I'm like, I know what you said. You told grandma X, Y, and Z. I've already done that to him one time before. And he kind of went, wait a minute. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> Like, I know what you're saying to grandma. Ha, ha, ha. Tell grandma you're not eating your vegetables in Spanish, too. Anyway, sorry. Shouts out to Poppy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I'm trying to answer the phone and that happened. So, a little bit later that day, I knew the results were going to come out for the test. So, that's why I was doing that to kind of distract myself. And lo and behold, the results came. The email came. And your girl passed. Your girl got her. She passed. I, I passed it. I finally had my teacher certification. It took me eight years. Eight years. But eight means new beginnings. I was just like, wow. And so then I had to find a job. I got a position um, as a special education teacher, was which was not in my field. But let me tell you how this worked out. I was mad I had to work in a special education classroom. I mean... Not at first, but when it went on too long, you know how the Lord will have you in a position. He'll have you in a season for a little bit. And you thinking, you 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 encouraged at the beginning, right? You're like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. But months later, years later, and you're still in the same spot. Hold up now. I didn't sign up for this. And that's kind of what happened to me. It's like after the, after 2010, 2011 between 2011 2012 i was kind of like wait a minute now lord why something's not right here um i've been in this position for a long time i'm still not passing the test but i'm in school so why am i not getting a job with money i don't understand and it wasn't until i became content where i was Content does not mean you happy. Content means if this is where I'm going to be, I'm still going to praise the Lord. If I have to do this for the rest of my life, I'm still going to praise the Lord. That's what contentment is. It's not happiness. Happiness is con conditional. Happiness depends on what's going on around you. Joy. Joy. That is a spiritual gift. That is something that only the Lord can provide because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Okay, so listen, when I started going, you know what? If this is what the Lord has me to do for the rest of my life, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. I'm not doing it for man. I'm not doing it for nobody. I'm not doing it for show. 
I'm doing this unto the Lord. And when I got that kind of attitude, that's when he promoted me. That's when he promoted me to secretary position. And I was, I was getting burnt out. You know, I worked with, um, nonverbal severe autistic students and I love them. I love them. They helped me to become as patient as I am. I learned how to read people's body language by working in there. I learned how to write IEPs by working in that classroom. I learned how to work with people who I did not get along with or who thought differently than I did. I had to grow up in that classroom and that classroom made me grow. It made me become a woman working in that classroom and the people I work with, I love them because they had so much grace and patience for me as I was growing. And that's what you really need. You really need people who have grace and patience for you as you grow during the season that the Lord has you in, because that's what helps you move forward. That's what helps you to, um, keep your wits about you. We had fun. We laughed. We cooked for the kids. We, we let, we taught the kids how to cook things. You know, those moments are precious to me because I look back on those times and I thank God for those times. It, there were times I hated that job. I hated living. I hated living because I didn't want to go to that job because it's not what I planned. I was even considering going back to nursing school because of the duties that I had to, you know, help out. Cause sometimes the kids would have accidents. I was like, this is not what I went to school for. I have an English degree. Why am I doing stuff that's in the nursing field? Like I'm so serious. It was like the Lord had to break me all the way down to build me back up. And I am so grateful for those times. You need to look at your situation and figure out what it is that the Lord is trying to break off for you. So that way you can give him glory because he's going to get the glory no matter what. So if you keep dragging your feet, you're not going to get, the, you're not going to be able to stand. You're going to stay in that situation longer if you keep dragging your feet. So what happened after that, I got a position as a special education teacher. So guess what? I had already been working in a special education classroom for years. And I knew how to do a lot of the stuff because I watched the lead teacher do it. You see how the Lord prepared me for a position I didn't even know was coming open? The Lord does that. He takes you in the season that you're in and you don't even realize that you are working and getting experience for what he's going to put you into. Y'all, that is a whole this isn't even on my notes. I say that every episode because it's not in my notes. But I just had to share that with y'all because it's such a blessing when I talk about it now. And I'm trying not to cry because I, y'all, I listen, I loved my job at first because I was excited. I said, this is my first real job. But after a while, I said, I don't want to do this no more. The very thing I prayed for, I was mad at God for giving it to me. Don't do that. That's why you got to be careful with your prayers too, because a lot of times you rush God's hand and he'll give you exactly what you asked for, but it'll be out of season. He'll allow you to have it. And it, listen, the blessings of the Lord make it rich and addeth no sorrow. He addeth no sorrow to it. But if you keep pushing them, Lord, send me my husband. Lord, send me my wife. Lord, I need this money. I need a car, Lord. I need a house. You keep pushing him. He's going to give it to you and it's going to be a curse unto you. It's going to be, it's going to bring misery to you. You have to wait and go through. Everybody has to go through a process. You got to wait in line to get them, them Jordans, don't you? Oh, you got to wait in line to get that new iPhone, don't you? Oh, 
So if you can wait for the material things like that, why can't you wait for the Lord to move spiritually in your life? Mm. I'll let y'all have that one for a minute. So anyway, I worked at the um, elementary level for a number of years. And then I was able to transfer to high school level, which was my original. I went to school to teach high school English and now I'm here. And, um, I, I mean, that's, that's my testimony there. I mean, of course I left some details out because, you know, I don't want to have y'all on here forever, but y'all, it was a process. It's a process. Every, we have a process at every level the Lord takes us to. It's a process. You're either going into a storm in the middle of the storm, or you're coming out of a storm. It's a process. Everything in life is a process. It's a process to having children. We ain't going into that, but y'all know how babies are made, but it's a process. It's a process going into childbirth because you got to carry the baby after it's conceived. You got to carry that baby for nine months. And then you, I don't know how long it take in that labor and delivery room. It varies, but it's a process. But at the end of the thing, you don't remember the pain that you went through. You don't remember all of that, that hardship stuff. You remember, but it's like you, you can't remember how it hurt. But you know it did. You have to try to remember how it hurt. It's a process. So, in the biblical account of two blind men in Matthew uh, chapter 9, verses 27 through 30, it says, And when Jesus departed, thence two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus saith unto, him, unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this. They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were open. And Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. Now, I didn't see this until I, you know, was typing this stuff out. But I can't remember what verse this is, but it says, And when he was come into the house, my um, Google Docs has a red line under was come. Because if you look at it in the English, was is past and come is present. Want to know why that is? Is because was is a being verb. Like I am, you are, he is. Is, are, and am. Past tense of are is was. Or past tense of is is was. I can't remember right now. My brain is shutting off. So yeah, past tense of is is was. So God is, I am. It's am. Am is a being verb. Verbs of be. Look it up on Google. God is I am. There's no none beside him. None before him. None. I, he is who he is. I am who I am. That is what he. That is God. I am. When he was come into the house. So when you know the house is us. We're the temple that the Holy Spirit resides in. We're the house. He says, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock." If any man open that door, I will come in and sup with him. When he was coming to the house. Jesus got to come into the house first, y'all. Then I'm done with that because I didn't even see that before. Jesus has to come into the house. It says before that in verse 27. And when Jesus departed, then two blind men follow him. First, you got to follow him. Then you got to let him into your house. And. Then he healed them. After he asked them, he said, um, believe ye that I am able to do this. 
do what? They never told him what they wanted him to do. First off, how do blind men know where Jesus is going? Okay, I'll wait. I'll wait. Because how do you know where Jesus is going? You can't see. Can't see. We walk by faith and not by sight. Okay, we're going to move forward on that one. So, when you let Jesus into the house, into the into your heart, he knows what you have need of before you even ask it. That's why he was able to ask that question. Believe you that I am able to do this? Because he already knew. Just like when Psalm 37 and 4, delight yourself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were open. Jesus straightly charged them saying, see that no man know it. We see there are two blind men in this account. Jesus healed two blind men. In verse 30, we see Jesus charging these two blind men. He meant what he said when he said it, when it says that he charged them. See that no man know it. If you have the King James version, you will notice the words that and it are italicized. That indicates those words were not in the original text. They are added or they were added in later for our understanding. So if you take those two words out, it reads, see, no man, know." See that no man, know." To see means you have perceived it. It also means to make sure and to recognize. To know means to be aware and to be acquainted with, to understand from experience. What does all of this mean? How many of us see something, but we still don't understand what we are seeing? You know how you ask somebody, you see that? No, what am I looking at? That's it. How many of us have walked by what we were looking for, like your car keys when you're running late? Or this is my all-time favorite. I'm looking for my glasses, but they on my head. They're not on my head right now, though. But they be on my head. Okay. Jesus didn't come to this world to be famous. He made himself of no reputations, as it says in Philippians 2 and 7. So how did these blind men find him? If he made himself of no reputation, how did they find him? Easy. They sought him out because they wanted to know him. They wanted to have an intimate relationship with him because that's what no means also is to have an intimate relationship with someone. We are supposed to have intimacy with our heavenly father through his son, Jesus, not sexual intimacy for, for the weirdos. Okay. Not y'all wrong. At verse 27, it says that they followed him. And then in verse 28, they came to him. There's a difference between following somebody and being able to approach him with your fears, your hurts and your burdens. Jesus tells them, see no man. No. And I'm gonna pause right there because I mean, let's think about society now with social media. We have, it's people with a bunch of followers, but do you know the person that you follow? Do you know the person that you're following? That's the thing. You can follow somebody, but you don't know them. Because there's a lot of people out here following folk that they don't know. And you got to be careful who you connected to. Who are you connected to? Who are you following? And they might be work. They might be worshiping the devil. They probably into witchcraft. Y'all better check a lot of these social media accounts because these people are actually witches and warlocks. Yup, I said it. They're witches and warlocks. Y'all better be careful who you connecting to. I had a witch talking about, I had a sweet dream about you. The devil is a liar. You ain't dreaming about me. Goodbye. Go back to the pits of hell where you came from. Block. You not going to have access to me. 
You're not going to be sending monitoring spirits to me. You're not. No, we're not. Not in the name of Jesus. No, I'm covered by the blood. I'm hidden in Christ. That That's how that works. No, y'all better be. This is spiritual warfare, y'all. I don't know what y'all came to do, but I didn't come to pity pat around with the devil. I didn't. I didn't come to play patty cake with the with Satan and the enemy. I didn't do that. Uh -uh, I'm not here for that. That's not what I'm here for. Y'all better be on your guard. I'm telling you, you better keep your defenses ready. You better be standing 10 toes down when it comes to the enemy. Y'all better be in this word. So anyway, back to what I was saying. Jesus tells them to see no man. No, because we work out our own salvation according to Philippians 2 and 12. These two men chose to follow Jesus before first before anything else. You have to follow Jesus first before anything else. How are you going to delight yourself also in the Lord, but you don't follow him? Does that make sense? No, it doesn't. You got to make it make sense. You cannot reap the benefits of the kingdom when you won't even obey the kingdom. Jesus, fix it after a while. Okay. In the same book in chapter 20, another set of two blind men cried after Jesus. Y'all, I had no idea it was two accounts of two blind men wanting healing from jesus i had no clue this was going on so in the second account it's a set of two blind men uh, once again not the same ones two different ones and they cried after jesus he healed them and then they followed him the first set never told jesus what they needed he already knew their need because he already knew before they asked but they had intimacy with him. They chose to follow first. The second blind men, the second set of blind men, because of Jesus, because of who he is, he showed them grace and mercy. He showed them grace and mercy. They weren't following him. They were crying out, but they weren't following him. We can cry out all the time. It's almost like, I mean, I don't know, but I guess I'll just say my dog. My dog cries out all the time to me. She cries all the time to me, but it's a difference when she follows me. It's a difference because when she follow me, I know she really wants something. When she's just crying on the couch, she just want attention. Especially when I'm doing something like podcasting. Y'all might hear her sometimes, but she just goes, she literally starts talking. And I'm like, I don't have time for you, Stacey Ann. I just don't. But she talks. But she's whining. And it sounds like, why are you not paying me any attention? Uh, I'm working. I'm grading papers. <laughs> I'll Sometimes I'll sit right in the living room with her. And she'll just start whining because I'm not looking at her. Y'all, she's a pit bull. They're needy. I didn't realize how needy they were. <laughs> um... So, but when she gets up and comes over to me, or if I get up and go to the kitchen and she follows me in there, I know she wants something. I know she's probably hungry. I know she wants to go outside. It's something like that. It's a difference between crying out and following. But Jesus still healed them anyway, because it's his grace. Sometimes we'll cry out to him and we... And I'll be honest, it was plenty of times I went up to that altar to get prayer. And guess what? Was right back in sin. But the difference is when I started following him, I had to leave that alone. 
I had to take up my cross and follow him because that's what the word says. Take up your cross and follow him. Take up that sin because sometimes that sin leaves a mark on you. Sometimes you have a limp when you when you come out of it. You might have a limp. You healthy everywhere else, but you still got you still walk a little bit. You walk differently when you leave it alone. You walk differently. You do. You've been broken gracefully. So you got to walk differently. You talk differently. It's the difference when you follow him first and then he heals you. It's a difference. It's a difference. Not saying that he won't heal you before you follow him because he will. He'll do it. It's his grace. It's his grace. When we choose to follow first, follow the Lord first, everything will be added. In Matthew 6 and 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. He wants us to seek him above everything today and always. That's all I have for this episode. We just want to pray out and I hope this was a blessing to y'all. Once again, just make sure you like, share, follow. <laughs> um, and share it with your friends. Share it with someone you know. Just let them know um, that Jesus loves them. That's all I have with that. <laughs> just let them know Jesus loves them. Because it's not about me. It's not about me. I'm I'm nobody. I'm just a vessel being used. That's it. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this podcast episode. I thank you for the word that has gone forth, Father God. Let it be a blessing to those who are listening. Father, I just thank you right now for your protection over each and every listener, each and every viewer right now. In the name of Jesus, Father God, I just pray that you protect everyone as they go to sleep this day. Um, just keep us throughout our work day tomorrow. Father, I just thank you for your grace and your mercy that you've shown us. Thank you for just providing for our need. Thank you for the times we didn't want to go through the testing and the trials. We just wanted to skip past it and get to what you promised us. And Lord, I thank you for the process. I thank you for the delayed dreams. I thank you for everything that was put on hold so I could go through the process because Lord, I see you bringing it right back around. Everything I've asked for, Father God, you have already provided. Great is your faithfulness, Father God. Thank you for your mercies because they're new every morning, Father. Thank you, Father God, for your love through Jesus Christ, your son. And this is all we ask right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I will see y'all next week. Well, not see. I'll talk to y'all next week. <laughs> I hope y'all have a great evening wherever you are. And that is it. <laughs> Bye, everyone.